the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Hello, this is officially our second episode of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan, and for those just joining us, thank you so much. Your time is valuable, and we are grateful that you're joining us. Josh is the founder of the Aptus Group of Companies, which was founded in 2003. He not only helps clients with individual wealth management, but is also a consultant for financial planners. He's frequently requested to speak nationally to groups of financial professionals at various universities in the areas of retirement planning, social security, and tax-efficient income distribution. And for almost two decades, Josh has helped people in or nearing retirement better understand and prepare for the challenges associated with the ever-changing financial landscape. Hi, Josh. Hi, Diana. How are you? Great I'm to be here. great. I'm great. Thank you. So tell us a little bit how you went down this uh, career path. Sure. Well, uh, first and foremost, I guess I went to college for finance. So studied financial planning in, in college. And then when I graduated, I went down the business to business type end of the financial services world, which means I was a consultant to financial planners. Financial planners meet with clients. They need to determine a plan, but then how do they satisfy the needs of that plan? Sometimes the nuances of products can be difficult. So my job was to know all of those nuances and help financial planners design plans. Started uh, the Aptus Group in 2003 doing just that. And then you know, that company's still very much in existence, doing really well. But uh, in 2008, I took a leap away from that and wanted to make a larger impact in the individual financial planning end. You know, when you're going business to business, you kind of lose that that individual touch where you get to see people uh, take their financial uh, dreams and make them a reality because I had that layer of separation with the financial planner in between me. So uh, in 2008, I went back to that end, very apropos timing when the financial crisis hit. I was able to help clients weather that storm. And then I've, I've done that ever since. But if we go back even further, I think why I have such a passion for it. When I was uh, 13 years old, my father was diagnosed with cancer and passed away. My dad very much being the, the person who handled all the financial matters, my mom was left with the huge task of trying to take all of that over. And, and you know, you look for some advice, and I think that uh, a lot of the people that she looked to didn't provide the best advice, uh, many of them being financial professionals. 
So I'm very passionate about making sure that we can make an impact. And when people are in that scenario, not be left with the same kind of fallout that uh, some of that caused. So that's how I got started. And I've been doing it ever since. You know, I meet with clients every day. What, how is Aptis or what sets Aptis apart from the competition, would you say? That's a good question. I think, one, we're a fiduciary. Uh, so we always have our clients' best interests in, at, at heart and in mind. We don't ignore things. I think there's a lot of uh, product people out there that are trying to sometimes put a round peg into a square hole or, or vice versa. They're, they have a product that they want to sell you, and they're going to figure out why you need that product. We very much approach this from a process orientation uh, perspective. So we have a very strict process and how we make sure we don't miss anything, how we make sure we analyze everybody's situation as it applies to them, and what are the appropriate steps to take to achieve those goals. And what are the first steps for people to contact you, and, and what is your process? Yeah, great question. So number one, it's a four-meeting process. So financial planning done right takes time. Uh, it should be an investment both in time and, and investing your money. But uh, number one, we meet with clients and find out what their goals, objectives are. Call that basically an info-gathering type meeting. We're just trying to determine what it is that you want to accomplish uh, and then what you have to reach those, those goals. Meeting number two is analyzing everything that you gave us. So in other words, we'll show you if you keep down the same path, doing exactly what you're doing, this is the outcome and what improvements could be made. In other words, are you on track? Are your risk tolerances where you think they are? Have you ignored some landmines and what could really be a big issue for you? And then by meeting three, we put together the encompassing blueprint. So we've, we've taken the information, we've analyzed where you are, where you want to go, identified some, some issues that we may need to address, and then how do we address, and, and sometimes things that we haven't yet talked about, how do we address those? And that's the blueprint meeting. And the blueprint meeting is, is just that. What is the appropriate blueprint to get your financial house in order? And we'll lay everything out, and at that point, we can decide, you know, is this going to be a, a mutually beneficial relationship to continue working together? And then by meeting four, the rubber meets the road. We implement that plan. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. And to schedule your complimentary customized planning session, you can give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, do you find that you are cleaning up a lot of advisors' mistakes for your clients? Let's say they were working with someone else previously, they've decided to uh, come work with you, and you're doing a lot of correcting. Unfortunately, yes. And there's a lot of you know, what I would consider to be very obvious mistakes that are made. And I think it all comes back to that non-fiduciary type environment or, or relationship. A lot of people have met with a lot of different product salesmen, maybe sometimes product salesmen that call themselves financial planners, but I'll have clients come in many times with, you know, their assets over leveraged in one area, many times with surrender penalties and, uh, you know, really excessive fees. And it's sometimes hard to unravel that scenario. But the point is it can be unraveled. So mistakes can be fixed. Tax issues are another one. I'll see people where the the allocations that they have are almost directly contradictory to where they should be from a purposes of, ta of taxation. So they're solvable problems, but I see them all the time, yes. So one of the main questions that people should ask when they talk to a financial advisor is, are you a fiduciary? First question I would ask, yeah. And, and that's not to say that people who are commission-based salesmen are bad. Not at all. There's, there's plenty of people. That's the way that the, the industry has been working for a really long time. There's plenty of people in, uh, out in the, in, the, 
in the space that operate that way that are doing a great job. But, you know, my neighbor always used to say that, well, or my friend used to always say that uh, well-built fences make for great neighbors. And by going with a fiduciary, you simply know that they have to be taking the steps in your best interest. It's just the way that the industry is regulated. So I would start there first. And if someone who actually has just been through their retirement at work or just investing that way and they actually want to talk to a separate advisor, is there a place that they can go to look one up? Is there a, is there a Yelp for advisors? You know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure if there's a Yelp for advisors, but it's been my experience that unfortunately there really isn't a great place to go to find a good advisor. And I think sometimes people pick advisors maybe for some of the wrong reasons. You know, I, uh, my friend works with this advisor and I'm going to go with them and I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to trust them implicitly. And why, while I think that referrals are, are some of the best places to get to find advisors for sure, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't ask the right questions. So I think, you know, first step is look up advisors in your area. Second step is interview them. Go ask them the questions. What's your background? What are your certifications? Are you a fiduciary? Are you a commission-based broker? How do you view your system of planning? And if they don't have answers to those questions, then they probably don't have a system of planning, and they probably – it all starts to fall pretty quickly. So I think the, the, the key is asking the right questions. And I'll tell any client that comes in to visit with me the right questions to ask. And if they want to interview other folks and see if it's a, a better fit for them, I encourage them to do so. And someone who communicates clearly, because a lot of this talk is unfamiliar with the public. And so if you feel that someone, you're not understanding what they're saying, then that's the first sign that this person isn't, isn't right for you. I think a lot of people get intimidated and think they should know what they're talking about, but it should be clear as day. I agree. I, I don't think if, if the person explaining the situation to you can't explain it to you in a way that you can understand, one of two things has, has got to be the case. Either they're trying to talk over you, uh, in which case you can't understand it, and doesn't mean it's not true, but you can't understand it, so I wouldn't implement it, uh, because you should understand anything before you do it. Or number two, maybe they're, they don't know what they're talking about, and they're just filling in, they're, they're just trying to talk over to you, uh, over you to confuse you, uh, which is also a bad scenario. So you've got to be able to understand what the, what the person's saying to you. You have a ton of years of experience. Would you advise people when they're looking at financial planners, is there a certain amount or years of experience that they should take into account when talking with an advisor? Well, I don't think there's a, yes, I I don't think there's a very specific amount of years that somebody should have been in the business before you can deem them to be a good planner or a good advisor. I would like to see at least a full market cycle, meaning that, you know, I got into the business before 2001, 2002. So I saw the dot-com bubble. Then I've gone through the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. It's debatable as to whether or not we're entering into another uh, as we you know, look at the last few weeks' uh, performance. But those things teach not just you lessons, but they certainly teach uh, financial professionals lessons. And if they have not been through one of these tumultuous times, I don't think they're equipped to handle you through those tumultuous times. And, and you're really employing them to help you through the bad times. The good times are easy, right? Yes, Everyone looks like a rock star when the market's in a bull market. Now that we're facing the challenges in the market, what are some of the most important things that people need to keep in mind so that they're not in a panic mode? Well, one, over the last 10 years or so, I've seen people over leverage themselves from a risk perspective, meaning that people are taking on a lot more risk because why wouldn't you, right? I mean, the the market's been going so well 
that I might as well, I don't want to miss the boat. I don't want to, when it's going great, I don't want to, you know, fear and greed, two most powerful emotions. So people have really gone in the direction of risk on. And the flip side can be true. And that is now that we're entering into these really volatile times, people will go the exact opposite direction to risk off. When in reality, there should have been an appropriate level of risk taken throughout the time period. And that really should have been addressed long before these volatile times. So there's, there's several things you should be doing now if you're nearing retirement, but there should have been some things that you were doing up to this point as well. So it's important if you're nearing retirement five years out, 10 years out from retirement, or in fact in retirement, to constantly be analyzing what is my exposure? What levels of guaranteed income do I have? And sometimes that gets away from us when everything's great. You know, last year the market was gangbusters, so everybody figured it would never stop. And it looks like it may be coming to a at least a pause, if not a halt. We're going to talk more about this, but that is one of the questions, I guess, that when you interview people and they're looking for an advisor is, you know, when things are tough, what's what's the strategy? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I always, I think expectations are everything. And one of the processes that we have in meeting with clients is what are your expectations? What do you think a financial advisor or an investment advisor should do? What should your expectations be for me and what should my expectations be for you? And if, as long as that's all congruent and as long as expectations are when we enter this, this is the, the levers we're going to pull. As, as things get rough, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. It becomes much more difficult or much more easy to weather some of these storms when you know what the expectation should be. Many times it's fear of the unknown that hurts us more than the fear of uh, than, than the actual known. So we were very anticipatory, I guess, of this coming. Uh, we're well prepared. I've been very fortunate in that although I've, I've heard, I've seen stats that 65% of advisors are, are saying that their clients are reaching out, uh, out to them far more than normal as a result of the volatility, that has not been the case for us. And that case has been, uh, the reason that's been the case is because of communication and because of expectations. So that's something we hammer home every time we, we meet with a client, even on reviews, is what do we think is going to happen over the next six months and what are we doing to, to plan for that? If you're concerned about the market and want to learn new strategies to manage retirement risks, call the office to learn more about the Aptus Retirement Blueprint today. The number is 614-364-7300. No cost or obligation, but space does fill fast. So give us a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. Or visit aptuswealth.com.
Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, let's continue to talk about the market volatility uh, what is the best way to approach for those that are getting close to retirement? Well, I think you need to start uh, determining what your income needs will be in retirement. Um, I, while I think that there's some validity to age-based models, which is what we've been using forever, right? We, how old are you? And that determines what your risk exposure should be to the market. When in reality, I don't think that's the case. It should be more of an income-driven model, meaning when I retire – how much income am I going to need? So if you don't know the answer to that question, certainly working with an advisor will help you. We'll walk you through how much income am I actually going to need and how does that translate to how much I have to take out of all of these portfolios. Right? In the past, uh, many people had pensions. And those pensions, it was pretty easy to follow. Right? When I retire, I'm going to get X amount of dollars for the rest of my life. Can I live on that? And I never have to worry about it going away. Well, now it becomes a very a much more difficult question of I have this pot of money. How much can I take from it? How long will it last? How should I allocate based upon those answers? And that income need really drives how you should be invested. So if you have not taken a look at how much money you need, I don't think you really know the answer to whether or not you can retire, and you certainly don't know the answer of how you should be invested. So our goal is always to figure out the answers to those questions, and those questions drive how you should be allocated in your investment. And if a person has a spouse, it's one thing they need to figure out their spending habits, but you both have to be on the same page. For sure. And you have to make sure that the other spouse is going to be taken care of the way that you want them to be taken care of should something happen to you. And there's many times that I see people that, you know, if they were to lose Social Security due to the death of one spouse, or if they were to lose uh, perhaps a pension plan, due to the death of one spouse, it can be absolutely crippling. And these are things that are easily solvable. They just need to be addressed. And do you find that people are, let's say, they're by the time they're retired, they could be married 30, 40 years. Do you find that a lot of people are on different pages and just assume that the other one will be this way with their spending? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I just had a client in my office a couple of weeks ago. They said, uh, I bet you didn't know that you were going to be a marriage counselor today as opposed to a financial advisor because it's sometimes I, I, I find myself in a position of, of trying to arbitrate between the two spouses to see you know where the common ground is. But yeah, for sure, you see that a lot. And, and everybody's different to that respect too. Spouses that keep everything separate, spouses that bundle everything together, and everything in between. But unless you're on the same page when it comes particularly to spending habits and risk tolerance, uh, I see that a lot. I'll see spouses where one would be just as content to have everything under the mattress as the other one would be to have everything in some sort of crazy biotech you know, company. It's partially my job to find that common ground to make sure that both parties are happy and can sleep at night. So you know, that's another really important reason why you need to speak with somebody because it's a, it's a third party that can ask the questions that maybe you've wanted to ask, but you felt uncomfortable asking. And I can imagine that people think that their risk tolerance is one way when they're making money and they're working and they're putting money into their pension or their 401ks and the employer's matching, then all of a sudden you're not 
working anymore, you're in retirement, do a lot of people get more concerned that they're going to run out of money? So they actually behave in a completely different way than when they were working. Absolutely. I met with a gentleman today and the goal of today was just to retire him. Uh, we've been planning for it for a number of years and he said, I'm ready. Can I, I just want to verify that I can go. And he described it as, I feel like I'm standing on a cliff with a parachute on my back. I've never done this before. Thank God I didn't pack my own chute, but I just want to make sure that everything's good to go. And I think that's the way that it can feel. You know, people can get very panicked about it and they tend to fall in. People tend to fall into two categories. They either spend more money in their first year of retirement than they will for the rest of their retirement. And, you know, as far as years go, or they clamp down and they don't spend anything because they're terrified of what the future holds. They're terrified of running out of money. And sometimes that's in the, the worst case scenario, one spouse is one way and the other spouse is the exact opposite way and it turns into a tug of war. I think the value of meeting with a planner is coming up with a plan that mathematically works so you can go to the person who wants to clamp down and say, it's okay, you can spend the money. You've worked your whole life for this. We have a plan in place, you're good. And for the other one, you can kind of rein them back in and say, I know that you're retired and you want to do everything, but if you keep on spending this way, you're going to be out of retirement real quick because all of us can retire anytime we want. It's just for a matter of how long, right? I mean, you know, my son can retire today. He's just got to go back to work tomorrow. So, you know, I mean, we can all do it. It's just the plan determines that it has the viability to last forever. If you're concerned about the market and you would like to learn new strategies to management risks in retirement, give the office a call to learn more about the Aptis Retirement Blueprint. The number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Do you find characteristically with men and women, they probably start talking about spending when they're in retirement? Well, I'm in the planning business, so planning is everything. Asking the right questions is everything, but also getting the right, not the right answers, but getting a answer is everything. So you know, my job is to get answers. I want to make sure that I've asked the right questions and gotten the answers to those questions. As long as we have that problem solved, everything else is easily solvable. But asking the right questions is paramount. And sometimes as an individual who might have worked in the healthcare field or you know, you name it, whatever the field is, this isn't your thing. Uh, you don't necessarily even know the right questions. A very common thing I hear is people will come in and I'll say, well, you know, what do you want to talk about today? And they go, honestly, I don't even know the right questions to ask. I, I have no idea. So it's my job to lead that conversation and making sure that they're addressing all of the right questions so that they have their scenario ironed out. They're looking for reassurance. For sure. Yeah. With the market volatility, and you prepare your clients, as we know that the market is cyclical, it goes up, it goes down. Tell us about the process to prepare your clients for that. Not everything goes up and goes down. That's something that we need to uh, determine right away. You do not have to be in the market at all. People assume that you need to be in the market to some capacity, and I would agree that you want to have some money in the stock market. But first things first, you do not have to have any risk. So market volatility is a pretty individualized question. Now, I'm going to tell you where I think you should be, but it's our conversation to find out where you want to be. And I'll keep you within, you know, when I say you, a client, I'll keep you within uh, certain parameters and make sure we don't go off the rails. But with market volatility, again, if you use that income-based approach, 
it's very easy to determine that I have enough guaranteed income that market volatility, although in the short run might raise my blood pressure a little bit, doesn't have any long-term impact on my plan. Sometimes that in and of itself is enough. The other thing is there's different ways to invest in the market. Buy and hold is not the only way. And buy and hold is the, the strategy where I buy stocks, I hold them forever, I don't sell them, or at least sell them very infrequently, and I ride the full wave up and down of the general stock market. There are other ways where you can tactically allocate, and as uh, conditions improve or worsen, you make uh, tactical adjustments along the way. That can level out some of the volatility. Does it eliminate all of it? No, but we can rein in uh, some parameters to limit the downside risk. So you can have some control over how big those swings are. Um, you know, if you don't, if you say, if, if I lost more than 10% of my money, I'd, uh, you know, I would, uh, I would panic. I would lose my mind. We can determine a plan that will keep parameters in that range. So you can have some control over volatility. It's a misnomer to say that, you know, you just have to kind of throw it out there and, and ride the wave. It's not the case. How many of your clients are focused on asset preservation when they're in retirement? And how many, you know, want to take advantage of the boat market that we've been in up until this point? Sure, sure. Well, one, I've never met anybody that's ever said they wanted to lose money. So I think as an advisor, we're all in the asset preservation business. But I don't think that's the real question that you're asking. I think the real question that you're asking is, um, and Warren Buffett actually says, you know, rule number one, don't lose any money. Rule number two, uh, see rule number one, right? That's, that's the goal of investing. So we want to make sure that we don't lose clients' money. But certainly when you're younger, you can ride more volatility out, knowing that you just have in the back of your mind, I don't need this money for 30 years. So if there's volatility, it doesn't bother you as much. But if you're retired and you're seeing 20 and 30% swings in your portfolio, it has a whole different panic factor to it. And the vast majority of my clients are in that five years from retirement and or in retirement category. So I would say large in part the clients that I work with uh, want to limit that volatility to a pretty significant degree just because of the season of their lives. Um, so I would say the bulk are in the asset preservation category. But they're not looking at the run in the markets, you know, wiping their hands going, I wish I would have done better. Well, I think it's, it's hard for any of us not to want to say that, right? Uh, you know, I mean, the market went up 30%, and I, you know, I wish I would have gone up 32 and I only went up 20 The flip side of that is the market, you know, goes down 20%, and I only went down 8 You know, how much worse off am I? The clients that I have, it, it comes back to, and I know we talked in the previous segment, it comes back to expectations. Expectations are everything. When you limit volatility, you can control expectations more. Uh, you can bring those criteria into a tighter into a tighter fold. But my clients, you know, if, if they're achieving their retirement income results and they're not completely missing the boat, but they're limiting volatility, that's the name of the game. The name of the game is achieving the income that you want for the rest of your life. And I am in the income business. So while volatility is important, we can control it. And my clients are looking for income more than they're looking for. I want to make sure that, you know, I hit the right, the right number on the roulette wheel. 
Excellent. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, you can give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. Number again is 614-364-7300. I'm Diane Brennan, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of factoring taxes into your retirement plan. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Want to talk about taxes, Josh. Do you find enough people are thinking about taxes in retirement? Let's talk about just how important that is. Well, you know how... I think earlier in our conversation, I said that nobody nobody wants to lose any money. Well, universally, everybody hates paying taxes. So taxes are one of the first things that come up when people come in is not only how much income can I live on, but how can I minimize my taxes? Unfortunately, what I see, though, is most people are uh, with their advisors are left holding the bag. They go to their advisor and say, what's the most tax efficient plan that I can employ? And their advisor says, I don't do tax planning. You're going to have to talk to your accountant. So they go back to their accountant and they say, what are the most tax-advantaged investment strategies I can employ? And they say, I do taxes, not investing. And you're kind of left in the middle trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, the reality is most financial plans that I see are not tax-efficient. Um, and taxes can be uh, very much controllable in retirement. And how you withdraw your income can have a dramatic effect on not just the taxes on the income that you draw, but also on taxes on things like Social Security, your other pensions, et cetera. This is probably the first time in a client's life where they have some significant impact on how their taxes are paid. Because up until this point, you get your W-2 in the mail, you go to work, you get your W-2, you made as much money as you possibly could, you put some money into a 401k. But other than that, you haven't had a whole lot of control over how and when you pay your taxes. Your control was just how much money can I make? Well, now in retirement, you do get some control over how and when you pay your taxes. You could take income this year. You could take twice as much next year. You can really determine how and when you take money out of these qualified accounts or just your other investment accounts and which accounts you take them from. So that order is very, very important and can make a very significant impact regardless of return. But taxes saved in our offices, we call it interest earned. If you want to minimize your taxes in retirement, what are some different vehicles that can be used? Great question. So the number one investment vehicle from a taxation perspective is a Roth IRA. And I guess just to give some baseline of what a Roth IRA is, qualified plans, the 401ks, the 403bs, 457, and then the traditional IRA, all of those you have not paid taxes on yet. You've put money in pre-tax. It's grown tax deferred. Every dollar you pull out of that is taxable. Roth IRAs, on the other hand, you've put in money after tax. All the money, all the interest that you've gained on that money, which over a long career can be a lot, is then tax deferred, but then every dollar you pull out is tax free. So typically what I see is I'll see people that have 
savings accounts, checking accounts, you know, the basic cash accounts, then they, they might have a, an ancillary uh, annuity out there or they'll have a, and then they'll have a 401k, maybe some old traditional IRAs and then a Roth IRA. The real strategy or the real goal of this is how and when do I take money from each one of these accounts to minimize my taxes? Because they're all treated from a different perspective from taxes. So uh, what I see arbitrarily happen sometimes is people will say, well, I'm going to start with this 401k, and then when that's gone, I'm going to move on to this 401k or IRA, and when that's gone, then I'll move on to the next one. That can be ta taking, uh, costing them a tremendous amount in taxes, uh, when in reality there should be a plan in place to determine in what order and from where I should be drawing these assets. Because you're limited on how much you can contribute to a Roth a year. Well, you're limited on how much you can contribute to a Roth. You're also limited from an income perspective while you're working, but you are not limited to an amount and or an income threshold if you do a Roth conversion from a traditional IRA or 401k. So we have some ability to start converting the dollars that you have in your traditional qualified plans over to a Roth. Now, are there some challenges in doing so, meaning you have to pay some taxes to do it, um, you know, in what order, in what amount, et cetera? Of course, there's always challenges uh, that you're faced when you're trying to make these transitions, and there's always challenges anytime you use the word taxes. But there are strategies that we can employ that will make a dramatic difference potentially in the long run. So it needs to be addressed. And required minimum distributions. Let's talk about a bit about the penalties. At what age do you have to start taking these distributions from your Roth or traditional IRAs? Good question. So Roth IRAs do not require minimum required distributions. So let's, let's knock that one out right away. And up until this year, uh, minimum required distributions had to start at 70 and a half. The SECURE Act of 2020 changed that. So if you did not turn 70 and a half in 2019, your new start age for minimum required distributions is 72. So what is a minimum required distribution? I guess let's step back. A minimum required distribution is the amount of money that you have to take out of a qualified plan, whether you want to or not. And the government, uh, the IRS, they want their money. And you've been kicking the can on taxes for your entire working career and you're going to con you, you've continued to try and kick the can on those taxes on that tax deferral basis for as long as you can. Uh, well, you've reached a point now where the IRS says enough is enough. We need some tax dollars off of these plans, right? So it's not a benefit to you, this requirement, but we have to play by the rules. So at 72, you have to start taking money out of your qualified plans. Where it gets really tricky, though, is it's a very nuanced rule. And let me explain what I mean by that. So a Roth IRA does not require minimum required distributions, but your employer might offer a Roth 401k. That may require minimum required distributions. You have an IRA that requires minimum required distributions, and then you have a 401k that requires minimum distributions. Well, let's give you an example. Let's say I have two IRAs, and I do the calculation, and I know how much I have to take. I can take that whole amount for both IRAs out of one IRA, and it satisfies the requirement. Well, let's say I have two IRAs and a 401k. I cannot bundle in the 401k with the other two IRAs and take it from one place. And if you're glazing over right now, it's because you should be. This is getting really complicated and, and kind of nuanced, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. This is where but we need you, Josh. This is where we need you. <laughs> right. The problem is it. this. If you don't navigate this right, the penalty is 50%, which I, I don't know this to be positive, but... I got to think that's the biggest penalty in the, in the tax code. So 50%. I forgot to take money that I didn't want to take. 
that you're making me take, and I didn't take it, and you're penalizing me 50% on it. And by the way, where do you think you're going to get the 50% penalty to pay the taxes on it? Probably from the same traditional IRA that you should have taken it out of to begin with. So the 50% that you're going to pay in taxes is going to cost you more taxes on the 50% penalty. So now we're starting down, we have this snowball going, and we're caught in this rut that we can't get out of. So the takeaway, I guess, is make sure that not only do you take your minimum required distributions, but even better yet, let's set up a plan to minimize our required distributions because those distributions can actually cause taxation on other items, meaning that I didn't want to take this money, but I have to take it, and now it's making more of my Social Security taxable. So I'm not just paying taxes on the distribution, but that distribution is causing taxes on other things that I didn't have to pay taxes on before. So planning is critical, and making sure that you have somebody that's tracking how and when you take these is absolutely critical to avoid penalties. And we're going to go deeper into this uh, later in the show, the uh, required minimum distributions. And I also want to ask you if people pull from, let's say, their traditional and switch it to their IRA to avoid that. But I'll ask you that question later. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Let's talk about Social Security taxes and how that affects retirement. Sure. Well, the first question I always ask when I do a, uh, a workshop or a seminar is, is Social Security taxable? And I always get the same, I'll get yes, no, maybe. And the answer is maybe. And it seems kind of, to many folks, unfair. Right? I, uh, Social Security is a kind of, in a way, a tax in and of itself. I had to pay into Social Security, quote, taxes, so that I could get my Social Security benefit. And then in turn, they're going to tax my already taxed dollars when I get the benefit. And, and people really struggle with that. And it may or may not be taxable. If Social Security is your only income, you're not paying any taxes on Social Security. And before I cover the rest, Diane, if you thought that minimum required distributions got complicated, this is really odd, but this is the way that it works. To determine how much you pay on your Social Security, how much taxes you pay on your Social Security, or how much gets thrown into the taxable column at all, it's based upon your outside income. So if you did all the right things, you saved into your 401k, you delayed, you know, you delayed gratification, you worked hard, saved for, for a rainy day, saved for the future, and now you have this nest egg or you have a pension or you have some sort of retirement plan in place, that retirement plan can actually have an impact on how much of your Social Security becomes taxable. So that's why planning, again, like we talked about in the last segment of should I start doing Roth conversions? In what order should I start pulling money out of out of these investment vehicles? Should I do some from my IRA, some from my Roth, some from maybe a rental property, or some from different places to help minimize the impact of taxes on Social Security? Um, And there are strategies that you can employ, but you can end up paying taxes on up to 85% of your Social Security. So it's a a problem, and it's definitely not a feel-good. I mean, nobody wants to pay taxes on what they already perceive to be tax money returned to them. So something that we can deal with, but it has to be addressed. When people come to Aptis, though, it's like a one-stop shop. You have tax advisors that you consult with, and people don't have to separate talking to you and then remembering everything you say, then asking if it's okay with their accountant. It's all-encompassing. Correct. Matter of fact, the tax professional that we use was a CFP, a certified financial planner, for 30 years before he decided to shift full-time to the tax planning practice. So 
from a an investment management, tax-efficient management perspective, and then even to, you know, we have estate planning attorneys that we work with all the time. We can, there's not much we can't handle in the way of retirement income planning. So people don't have to worry about vetting what you say against what their tax professional says. It's a, it's a group team effort here when your Aptis looks to take care of their clients. I'm very proud to say that we will we will turn over every stone. We're not gonna we're not gonna miss miss anything when it comes to the retirement income uh, and how to pass these assets to beneficiaries' perspective. If you're concerned about the market and you want to learn new strategies to manage retirement risks, give the office a call to learn more about the Aptis Retirement Blueprint today. The number is 614-364-7300. There is no cost or obligation, but space does fill fast. The number again is 614-364-7300. 614-364-7300. We talk more about required minimum distributions next on the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. We'll be back with more at the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptis Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptis Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptis Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. Or visit aptiswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614 364 7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, at the start of the year, the SECURE Act changed the age for required minimum distributions. So what else should we be aware of or concerned about when it comes to those distributions? Good question. There's two big things that change with the SECURE Act. Number one, the age in which you need to take required minimum distributions. That's a mouthful. Let's just call it RMDs from this point forward. And that is, if you were not 70 and a half in 2019, then you do not have to take a minimum required distribution until 72. So we got a little bit of uh, respite. We got a little, a little extra time to do some planning. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is this. The other change was, as it relates to uh, minimum required distributions to your family members, So we do get one layer of protection. If you pass away, your spouse inherits the IRA. Essentially, your spouse, it turns into their IRA. So no change there. But once it passes past that point and it goes to kids, uh, any other beneficiary besides your spouse, they used to be able to stretch the distributions out over their entire life. So 
it could be a very nominal amount, creating a legacy for the rest of their life, making sure that uh, maybe it's a kid uh, doesn't foolishly, you know, squander the money uh, in one year buying something foolish. Really provide that that long term uh, legacy to them, and also spread out the taxes. More importantly, for people who uh, are good with money but are in a high tax bracket, let's just let's delay that big lump sum coming out so that we can minimize taxes. That is no longer the case. You now have 10 years to dump the entire account. So that can be a tax uh, a problem. Now, that does not apply to Roth IRAs, which brings us back again to why we might want to take a look at Roth conversions. But again, it's, uh, it, it's something that needs to be addressed because it's something that is now unavoidable. So what are some strategies, Josh, to um, minimize the tax repercussions when you have to take that money out within 10 years? Good question. One, uh, the planning needs to be done before you pass. So ideally, if it was a perfect scenario, perfect world, we'd like to have everything in a Roth IRA. That's simply not realistic because we have to pay taxes on any monies that we move from a traditional IRA or 401k into a Roth. So we have to create some systematic plan that does that without too significant of a tax burden. And while I say all of these things on how Roth IRA makes all sorts of sense and why everybody should do a Roth IRA, you certainly shouldn't pay 25% in taxes today to save some future generation 15% in taxes later. So we have to take into account where the tax bracket breaks are. But we are in a great tax environment uh, this year and, and at least in the next year, uh, depending on election and any tax changes at that point, uh, you know, we have a, a, a tremendous individual, individual tax rate, uh, and by tremendous, I mean it's really low. So now is a great time to be investigating doing Roth conversions. What does that do? Well, now you have a Roth IRA. So even though beneficiaries may need to take these minimum required distributions, it's not a taxable event to them. And, and I assure you, if you're going to give me money, I, I'd rather have tax-free money than taxable money, right? So um, key is planning. Key is planning, structure, setting up a system to do it in a way that is beneficial to you rather than just, I see a lot of folks, they'll do Roth conversions because they want to get out of this taxable scenario, but they'll do it with a huge chunk. I've seen people do tax con uh, Roth conversions with $500,000. And you can imagine what kind of tax bill it throws off if you do a conversion of $500,000 in one year, when in reality it could have been delayed over time. So creating a plan, and we're coming back to this common theme, right? Uh, you got to create a plan. That plan has to be based on math and your particular situation, and then you have to implement that plan. And sometimes this planning process takes, you know, it might take 10, 20 years. You might, you know, it might take your whole life where the wheels are in motion to improve your situation. And some of these scenarios don't cost any money to do. Uh, they're just reallocation of assets from a tax structure that is more beneficial to you and your beneficiaries. If you're concerned about the market and want to learn new strategies to manage retirement risks or you have questions about RMDs, you can give Josh a call at the office to learn more about the Aptis Retirement Blueprint today, 614-364-7300. No cost or obligation, but space fills fast. Give us a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, are you finding a lot of the beneficiaries are then taking their distribution and then rolling it into their own traditional IRA or Roth IRA? It'd be great if they could, but they cannot. They cannot. Um, the rule is this. Yeah, you, can't, you cannot commingle IRAs. So it has to remain in an inherited IRA. And I think, you know, I, I sound like a broken record today saying this, but the rules are very nuanced. 
not all companies will allow you to transfer inherited IRAs from one company to the next. Uh, certain companies code inherited IRAs differently. You would think that this would be absolutely a universal type approach, but when it comes to inherited IRAs, beneficial IRAs, and for that matter, even inheriting a non-qualified annuity, certain companies will allow for stretch distributions and others will not. Certain companies will allow for transferring in and out of those and others will not. So it becomes a very convoluted process. Uh, fortunately, when you do it for a living and you see this type of stuff all the time, you have a pretty good handle on which companies do what and how this process works. But for somebody that's you know, not in this space, maybe inheriting money, uh, a significant amount of money in their you know, late 20s, early 30s sometimes, they're just not equipped to even know how to ask, again, coming back, ask the right questions. And if you don't ask the right questions, you can never get the right answers. So it's, it's critical to speak with somebody to get the right, the right questions and the right answers to those questions because it can make a substantial difference in how much you receive over time, not just because of maybe market gains or how much interest you receive, but also how big of a below taxes are to your, uh, your inheritance or your portfolio in general. Do you find a lot of your clients are bringing in their beneficiaries to help get them set on the right foot? Um, I see that quite often, um, but usually it, it happens very late in life. And I would love to see that a little bit earlier in life. Now, the challenge is uh, most of the folks that I work with don't necessarily want their kids to know how much money they have uh, for you know obvious reasons. And that's fine. And I respect that. But we can have conversations about how the children are going to receive the money and about how we can um, create distribution streams that are pretty lockstep without their involvement. Um, but if you're willing to have your child involved, we can limit the amount of information that, they, that we divulge to them. We can talk about planning without numbers. We can talk about wishes without numbers. So there's a lot we can do without divulging that information. The key, the key again, is getting a plan in place so that you know God forbid when something does happen to you, um, hopefully at the ripe age of 100, that your wishes are met. And it all comes down to planning. And if you don't have a plan and you would like to give Josh a call, the number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Anything else about the SECURE Act that is going to affect people in retirement that we should be aware of, Josh? No, those were the big ones. Um, you know, are there other... Uh, aspects of the SECURE Act that could affect people during their working lives. Sure. But I think the takeaway on the SECURE Act is it's really brought to light a lot of these, and I keep on using the word nuanced, but a lot of these just really weird rules. Um, you know, uh, how simple IRAs. So I work for a small company and uh, I'm working past the age of of 72. So I'm supposed to take minimum required distributions. Well, if I work for a large company that has a 401k, I can delay those minimum required distributions. But if I work for a small company that maybe has a simple IRA, and again, I'm working past 72, same thing, same you know, employee sponsor, or employer-sponsored plan, I may not be able to uh, delay those minimum required distributions. And you know, the logic behind that and who created the rules, I can't answer that question, but they are very, very uh, odd in the way that, they're apply, that they apply to people's lives. So how can we solve some of those problems? Well, they're all solvable. We can move, uh, you know, you had a simple IRA and then you went and worked for a larger employer that has a 401k. Maybe we roll that 
into the 401k or vice versa, depending on what you're trying to achieve. These are all solvable problems. They just need to be addressed. And unfortunately, finding the answers to the questions, unless you know how to look stuff up because it's what you do for a living, can become very cumbersome and challenging. Um, and, and many times, you know, I'll, I'll speak with people and they'll say, I didn't even know what question to ask. Um, so one thing I can promise you is I'll help you ask the right questions. And I just want to reiterate the importance of not missing the required minimum distribution. Hugely important. Again, tax penalty, 50%. That's not a penalty that you want to pay. Um, we have a system in our office where, I mean, shy of the whole office uh, shining red uh, and flashing, you know, we, we have tons of checks and balances to make sure that every client we have is taking the required minimum distribution. The last thing I would ever want to have to do is say, I screwed up. You have to pay a 50% penalty. But unfortunately, I meet with a lot of people that they're meeting with me because they had to pay the 50% penalty and they don't know why or want to make sure they never have to do it again. Yeah, that hurts. When it comes to missing that, is there a grace period? Is it like a credit card? Like, oh, you, you missed your credit, your minimum due, but you have 30 days to make it up. Is there a grace period when it comes to RMDs? That would be nice, wouldn't it? But no, yes. uh, there is not. Uh, there is. And again, here we go back to, I don't know why the rules apply this way. We always have to file our taxes on what date, Diane? The 15th. April 15th, right? So you would think that a lot of things happen on April 15th, when in reality, they do not. In the first year that you have to take your minimum required distribution, you have until April 1st, the following year, to take the one for the previous year. So here's, let's use an example. I'm supposed to take a thousand bucks and I'm supposed to take it in 2020. And I forget, but it's my first year. I can take that thousand bucks up until April 1st in 2021 without penalty. Oh. But then I have to take two in 2021. So I have to take the one from when I was 72 and also the one from when I was 73. So I have to double dip, which could cause tax problems. But you do get this, this break uh, in the first year, but only the first year. After that, you have to take it by December 31st. But again, if you don't go and meet your tax person until April 5th and you go, well, no big deal. I have until April 15th. Uh, I'm afraid you do not because there's this weird rule that says you have to take it by April 1st. So without a professional, quite frankly, I don't know how you could keep all this stuff straight. But if you miss it, what's the penalty on a thousand bucks? It's $500. It's yeah. a big penalty for, for a thousand bucks. Absolutely huge. So the most important when people come to you, you look at absolutely everything, including taxes, when you're looking at their overall retirement picture. Absolutely. I want to know what's on the paper, but also what's off the paper. What, what are your fears? What, what is preventing you from having the retirement that you want? Or what's preventing you from actually retiring? Um, why do you have such a, uh, a fear or maybe an unjustified uh, optimism? Uh, about about the future. So the goal is, let's look at what you have. Let's see what you have in the way of resources to accomplish what you want. Let's identify all of the areas that we can improve and all the landmines that we'd encounter along the way and develop a plan that meets exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And to give Josh a call to learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy and to schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give him a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Peck. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. 
He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company.